0: Hello, my friend, and welcome to another episode of Negotiate Anything. Thanks for spending time with us today. It's listeners like you in 181 different countries that have made Negotiate Anything the most popular negotiation and conflict resolution podcast in the world. I'm your host, Kwame Christian. I'm a business lawyer, mediator, professor, and the director of the American Negotiation Institute. Before we get started, I have two quick questions for you. Is negotiation a critical part of what you do? Do you need to resolve conflict and persuade at work? If you and answered yes to both of those questions, visit our website to learn more about our negotiation workshops. We've traveled the country working with professionals just like you, and we'd love to have the opportunity to work with you too. Check out the link in the description to learn more. Our guest today is Alex Grodnick. Alex started off his career at Wall Street, and now he is the founder of a new tech company called PayClub. In this episode, Alex shares his interesting perspective on rejection and why it's a critical part of the negotiation process and your personal development as a professional. I know you're going to get a lot out of this one. So without further ado, let's jump into the interview. Alex, thanks for joining us today.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. Excited to be speaking with you.
0: Likewise. Well, how about we start off by telling the audience a little bit about yourself and what you do?
1: Yeah, sure. So I'm sitting in Los Angeles now in my office. It's not so much a sunny day here, a little, little June gloom. But yeah, I, uh, I'm a startup guy now, but I haven't always been a startup guy. I mean, I, I grew up that way. I was like the lemonade stand kid going around selling stuff door to door, like just always having businesses. And then somehow it got into my mind, you know, society put it there that said, oh, I need to go get one of these prestigious jobs. On Wall Street, so after school, I went and worked for a couple different investment banks, basically working hundred hour weeks and helping companies buy and sell one another and It was a cool experience, and I made lots of money, but it was never never my calling it wasn't what I was put on on this earth to do and so I kind of had this like realization where society really valued the job that I was doing, and they kept saying like you're doing is so prestigious and important but there was this disconnect because I never really thought that it was very fulfilling. So then I was like, man, I don't know what the hell I should be doing. So I went to business school. I went to UCLA and I was like, all right, I'm going to go figure out what I should be doing. And it was in a leadership type class where the professor had us do this exercise where he said, we're going to think about who your authentic self is. And he said, Your authentic self is like when your brain is firing on all cylinders, you're feeling really confident, fulfilled. So he said, like, go back through your life, like pretend like your life's a DVD and go rewind through it. And as you're seeing these moments in time when you're feeling authentic, fulfilled, motivated, confident, like just write them down. So fine, I wrote down all these times. And then afterwards, I'm looking at this list. And every single one of them was when I was doing something entrepreneurial, you know, all those businesses I was talking about growing up or side things or whatever. And I was like, man, like, this is the light bulb moment. What am I doing chasing all these prestigious jobs that society says are so great? when really I just need to be starting businesses. And then so from that point on, I started a couple of businesses. I started the podcasting business. I now have a fintech startup and I've got my hands in, the, in all these different startups. And I can't say that the, the money has been quite as good as the investment banking yet, but I'm definitely on the path to getting there. And I'm way more fulfilled every day now.
0: Well, that's what really matters. And, and I'm excited for you because you have a really uh, fascinating journey and a very fascinating story. So I'm excited to see where things go for you, but I'm also happy for you that things are going well right now and you're already feeling that fulfillment.
1: Yeah, you know, that fulfillment is like waking up, feeling engaged, excited to go to work and just crush every day. That That's part of it. And I'm lucky that I have a wife that's got a great job that can, you know, make money. And so I can kind of have this these jobs where I can swing for the fences. But, it, you know, startups are really tough. The whole entire world is against you. You know, you're not making money. It's like, Everything in society is telling you just like give up, go get one of these jobs that all of my buddies from business school have that are paying them lots of money, and that would definitely be the easy path. But you know, something inside of me wants to wants to go the hard way.
0: Right. Well, I mean, it's it as long as you're feeling that fulfillment and you're moving in the right direction. That's that's what really matters. And I know after getting to know you over the past couple months, I know that one of your special tools that you use is strategic rejection when it comes to advancing your business. And I thought that was really fascinating because I know that embracing rejection has a lot of benefits for people when it comes to their ability to negotiate and improving their negotiation skills. And so there were three main things that you wanted to talk about. Can you uh, give us a quick overview?
1: Yeah, yeah, happy to. So, you know, what we're talking, we're going to talk about here is rejection therapy. And really, what that is, is desensitizing yourself to the fear of rejection. And it's just like any other form of desensitization. You know, you're afraid of germs. And every day you go touch some door handle that everyone else is touching. Like over time, you're going to start to see, hey, I'm still alive. I'm not sick. Maybe, you know, germs aren't that bad. You know, I, I recently had a buddy. Uh, that was really afraid of spiders. And he was just traveling for a few months in South America, you know, backpacking and hiking through jungles and stuff. And he's like, Alex, I am around spiders that are the size of my face. Now, when I come back to Los Angeles, I could really care less about these little bugs and spiders that are here that used to terrify me. And, you know, rejection is no different from, from anything, anything else. You can work on building the muscle that tells you to be afraid of people telling you no. And you know, that's just natural. Every human being doesn't want to be told no. We're all afraid of that. It's it's evolutionary programmed into us that like, you know, you get told no or you get you get make the wrong turns, you know, you get eaten by a lion. So these are all these are all natural things. But by systematically exposing yourself to rejection, you can over time and not a long amount of time, I'm mean, talking about like days or a week you can remove the fear of it. And uh, it's a pretty simple process of actively seeking out rejection and we can go into how how you can seek it out. But over time, you get some benefits and really the benefits are confidence. I mean, as you're putting yourself out there in the world and you're asking for things and you're getting told no, like obviously your confidence is just gonna ramp right up. And so that's awesome. I mean, who doesn't want more confidence? The other thing that you get is a sense of humility because we're all so caught up in ourselves and you know is today a good hair day or a bad day bad hair day for me i mean like when was the last time you, you realized that someone else was having a bad hair day like probably never right like you're sitting in a meeting or a class or something and you're thinking you know should i ask this question are people gonna think i'm dumb for asking this question the reality is is no one cares like no one cares if you ask the question no one's gonna remember so as you're out there like racking your brain of like is someone gonna hate me for asking them for something the answer is no no one's even going to remember it. And in two seconds, they're like going to f- totally forget. So you get the confidence, you get the humility. And then the last one is, is as you're going through this and you're asking people for stuff and you're going through life, it's amazing how many yeses you get. And so while the goal of the exercise is to get rejected, get a no, humans are awesome. And you start to see that like people really want to go out of their way to help you. And so as you're going through this, you end up getting a lot of yeses. And I've got some like incredible yes stories as I go through this. But yeah, those are the, the three things. Confidence, humility, and then you should see the world in a really positive light.
0: I love it. Perfect. So let's dig deeper into confidence. And you started to touch on this a little bit when it came to the the, the benefit with regard to desensitization of the thing that you fear. Let's dig deeper into that and, and talk a little bit more about your journey and how rejection therapy helped to get you more confident when it came to these difficult conversations.
1: Yeah, I mean So the way that it started for me in my life was basically just trying to get that, you know, investment banking job on Wall Street. It took, I graduated from school in 2009 in the middle of the financial crisis. You know, our career fair was like the day after Bear Stearns collapsed. It was just like pretty much a joke trying to, (laughs) trying to get a job. So it took, I mean, I can't tell you how many hundreds of resumes I had to send out and emails and cold emails and triangulating networking. And I mean, you're going to get a ton of rejection. If you get, if you're lucky to even get the rejection, most of the time you just, you know, hear nothing. So you can't let like these rejections impact you, right? It's the same thing now with my startup. I mean, Kwame, I can't tell you how many investors, venture capitalists and angel investors and things like that have have told us no. And if we internalize that as, and like said that, oh, like this person's telling us no, maybe what we're doing is not right or we're we're bad or like, it'd be awful. But instead you have to look at it as each no gets you one step closer to a yes. I mean, that's that's the way that I look at it. And so really the way that the, strategic rejection, the rejection therapy, the way that it works is you start off by asking people for super small, small, insignificant things like saying, hey, can I have a high five? Can I have a stick of gum? Can I have a hug? Can we take a selfie? Can I have a dollar? And you know, people are probably going to say yes to high fives and selfies and things. Maybe they say no to a dollar. Maybe they say no to a, a ride across town or whatever. But by putting yourself out there and asking for these really insignificant things, all of a sudden it starts to build up where you're not afraid to ask for more important things. And the easiest way to do this for me of what I found is when I was buying lunch every day at the office, I would ask the same person every day, hey, can I have a discount on this sandwich? And the answer was no every day. But in life, I'm telling you, you ask for discounts on things, like you'll get them all the time. Like I recently got 15% 15% off at Bloomingdale's buying a pair of jeans. So you end up getting a lot of those those yeses, but it's a super easy way to do it. And now actually, when I'm out to dinner with my buddies, like we all fight over who's going to get to to ask the waiter for a, for a discount. And I would say, I don't know, maybe like a third of the time or something, we get it. So like, it's, it's, this is the hack. You find these like easy ways to kind of, Put yourself out there and, and get rejected. And then over time, and I'm not talking about a, a long time either, I'm talking about like days or weeks. By asking people for easy things, you start to not to fear asking people for anything. So like you can walk right up to the you know, opposite sex at a bar and say, Do you wanna go on a date? You can walk into your boss's office and say, Do you can I have a raise? Can I have a promotion? I'm not saying those things are, are ever going to just be like easy where you're going to like walk in and like a cartoon character and like slap your feet up on the desk and, and like <laughs> light up a cigar and say, hey, I'm I'm due for my raise now. But they definitely become easier once this muscle is like started to, to work and practice just like anything else. You practice getting rejected a few times. You're just not going to be afraid to go put yourself out in there and ask for what you want.
0: Our calendar is filling up quickly, and we even have some workshops scheduled for next year. If you think you might want one, I'd suggest reaching out soon so you don't miss out. Check out the link in the description to learn more. And now, back to the show. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise. A promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. A promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the LinkedIn Podcast Network, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Exactly. No, I think this is brilliant. And the thing is, it's very simple to say it's a lot harder to do. But then once you start doing it, it becomes a lot easier. And that's the thing about confidence is that it is a positive feedback loop. First, when you start, it's hard to do. It hurts. It's difficult. It's scary. But then you do it, you get braver. It, it doesn't hurt as much. That desensitization that you described starts to occur, which makes you more likely to take the step to do whatever the thing in question that was scary the next time, which makes you more confident. And so it it starts to roll. And so I can hear there might be somebody out there saying to themselves, really, Alex, a stick of gum? But really, that is a brilliant way to start or with a high five, whatever it is, something incredibly small, because that is a small victory and it starts to generate momentum, which makes it more likely for you to take the next step and ask for something bigger. So then when you find yourself in a negotiation or a difficult conversation and you need to make that request, it is a little bit more automatic. You don't have that hesitation. Because in negotiation, if I hear hesitation on the other side, that tells me that they are not as confident in their position. And if they're not as confident in their position, that tells me that I can use my persuasive skills to get them off of their current position. And so I become inspired, right, on the other side. And so it really matters. Taking these small steps every day matters because you're building that muscle. So when the big conversation happens, you're ready to go.
1: Yeah, it's super natural for me. It comes very, very quickly. But just like on the other side, once you stop doing it, the confidence goes away too. It's it's like you have to you have to keep it going. I mean, the way that I I did a report for this on business school in business school, and like I did rejection therapy for thirty days, and I like kind of plotted like my perceived courage, and like after day four, like the courage is like just ramping up off the charts. And then you know at the end of it, after you're done, like you're again, I'm starting to like be afraid to ask questions in, in class again. So it's like, it's a muscle that you have to continually work, but it's, like I said, it's easy to to work. And oftentimes you end up getting what you want. You know, just recently I was like walking past a, I live in LA and I was walking past a film set and I just said, Hey, can I call action on the film set? You know, like (laughs) kind of wanting to like, you know, wanting to do it, but also if like, if they say no, then fine, no. But like, sure. So like they gave me the slate. I like walked in front, I clipped the clipboard and, you know, and then I'm on with my day. And it was like kind of like a. Cool two minute process, and I've had so many times like that where I'm like at a restaurant. I say, can I like you know come back in the kitchen and see where you like cook the steaks? Can I like cut some like massively long line for this like ice cream pop up <laughs> thing? I like so people, all these things you end up like getting a tons of ton of yeses, and that's cool. If you get the yes though, like you're still on the hook for the no for that day, so you, you gotta find some other way to get to get rejected. But it's like you know no one's gonna give you anything in life if like you don't ask for it, and if you ask for it a lot of times you can get it so it's kind of this like amazing process that that starts to form in your brain
0: that's phenomenal i love it man this is great and one last point on this when it comes to generating the confidence that comes from rejection therapy sometimes you might be asking yourself when should i do this what what is the thing that I should ask for? If you're doing that, recognize that it is your brain procrastinating in order to prevent you from doing the thing that's scary. So don't fall for that, number one. And the next thing is, use the fear as the guide. When do you feel like, oh, I shouldn't do that? Oh, this would be scary to do. Okay, that's the trigger. (laughs) Now you need to do that thing in question. And if you let your fear guide you and you turn it into, you change it from an emotion that stops you in your place to an emotion that causes you to investigate whether or not I should take action, leaning towards taking action. That's when you start to really see the benefits in these conversations.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. And, you know, you have some, like, big decision or coming up something you need, some tough conversation you need to do that, like, you're afraid of. Just, like, you know, go out there and, like, get rejected a few times before it and, uh, like, your conference is going to start to skyrocket. You're going to have more humility. And, and like, it's all just good stuff.
0: Absolutely. Perfect. Well, let's move on to humility. How does strategic rejection lead to more humility? Yep. So you start, we're also caught up in ourselves. Like that's
1: pretty much the moral of of this story. Everyone's so concerned at how they look, how they're perceived in the world. When in actuality, I mean, we're all just kind of animals. We're all just deer running around the forest, right? And one deer is like, pretty much not concerned with the other deer because we're all, for survival purposes, we're all just concerned with ourselves. And so this is what I was talking about earlier. Like when was the last time you realized someone else like had on like a a weird shirt that didn't fit them correctly or something? But when you put on your shirt in the morning, you're staring at the mirror, you're saying, is this good here? Is this good there? No one else is realizing any of these things except for you. And as you're out there going through your strategic rejection process and putting yourself out in the world, starting to hear yeses, starting to hear noes, you start to realize that like that no that I built up in my mind was such a big deal to ask for like, oh, this person is going to like think I'm so weird that I'm asking for this and they're not going to be want to be my friend and they're going to like not going to want to sit next to me at lunch. Like people will forget that you asked something strange or funny or dumb in 15 seconds. It's just like next on to the next. Now, how can I focus on on me and how can I get what I want in my life? It's this funny thing that like you we end up putting so much like build up in our heads and then you do it. And you're like, oh, wow, that, that wasn't so bad. And that's the case every single time. It's, it's never as bad as you build it up in your head. And so outside of the confidence, you start to feel like, okay, I'm not the center of the universe. No one cares really what I'm doing. So
0: like what's holding me back? Why, am, why aren't I just doing this more often? That makes a lot of sense. And it's, it's really interesting how impactful a modicum of humility can be in these difficult conversations. Because when you're feeling arrogant or self-centered or anything else that is the antithesis of humility. The problem is that you're focusing on yourself. That's the, that's the issue. And when we are humble, we put the spotlight on somebody else. And that pays significant dividends in these conversations because once you overcome the fears and you do what you need to do in these conversations, you're, you're making it so that your ego is no longer a barrier to your success. Yep, that's exactly it. Definitely. Perfect. Perfect. Great. Any other thoughts on humility as it relates to the rejection portion?
1: I mean, you tell me where to sign up to get some more humility and it's just going to improve my life. Like, what do I need to do to get that? So pretty, pretty straightforward. <laughs> yeah,
0: good. Yeah. Well, you have a kid. That'll do it. <laughs> that would do it. I was I was talking to somebody uh, the other day and it's like, no matter what you accomplish in your life, if you have like an infant, you you do this amazing thing. Let's say you land that $5 million investor. And then you come home, you're changing diapers, you are handling somebody else's fecal matter. And they don't even say thank you. <laughs> if you want humility, that's how to get it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I hear. I have a love, I have an 11-month-old daughter. And so you're right. So it's, that's that's the way you go. You come home and I mean, it's it's great to be around her. But yeah, she's, uh, she's not so appreciative of all the things I do for her.
0: Right. Yet. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Well, perfect. Good deal. And, and we touched on this last part, and this is finding more yeses through this, through strategic rejection. Tell us more about that.
1: Yeah, actually, I have an, a recent example. My, I'm, I love golf. Now that I have a baby, it's, you know, golf takes a long time and it shouldn't take that long, but it does, especially in Los Angeles, the course is so crowded. So anyways, my wife is always like, why is it 18 holes or nine holes? Like, why can't you just go play like five holes or 12 holes? And I'm like, well, it's just, it's not the way it's done. And so when I was I was like paying, I said, Hey, you know, instead of 18 holes, can I can I play eleven holes? And the guy just looked at me, he was like, No, you <laughs> sure I mean so I got to bring bring that one back to my wife. That's that's not the yes. But the the yes like they just start to come and I mean you're still on the hook for the no for the day if if you get the yes, but like you just people wanna go out of their way to help you. And most of the time everyone doesn't have the confidence to ask for it, or they're so cut up in like what other people will think of them that they don't ask for it. So when you do, people are like, oh, yeah, like, sure, come on, come on back. Like, let me give you a tour of the donut factory. Let me like show you how the sausage is made. Let me come cut me in line. Come, like, do like people want to help. They're just no one's out there asking for it. We're all just like heads down going about our business. And when you put yourself out there and you make, you ask for that connection, you make that, that ask, people want to be helpful for the most part. You know, I'm not saying it's going to happen every time you're in New York, you know, everyone's like so caught up in their self and, and busy. It's like, why are, you, why are you asking me for this? But but for the most part, people want to help. And so you start to get a lot, a lot of yeses. And it really just like starts to reaffirm that humanity is so good. People want to help. And that's just a cool, cool way to to see the world and go through life.
0: Right. And, you know, when we talk about the benefit of confidence, kind of circling back to number one, it allows us to, it makes it more likely for us to take advantage of these opportunities and ask, which means we're taking more shots. And if we are asking, we're going to ask with confidence and confidence by itself is persuasive. So most likely the benefit is we're going to take more shots and we're going to have a higher shooting percentage <laughs> because we're more we're more confident. And so I think about it in terms of basketball. James Harden is a basketball player that a lot of people like and think is incredible. And I say to them, it's like, look how many points he put up. 50 points or something. He should. Look how many shots he took. Look how many shots he took. And so the thing is, but he's he's successful for the most part. He's scoring a lot of points. And when it comes to these conversations, the person who shoots the most shots is going to find more success and find those yeses like you're saying because they're seeing more opportunities. And so just from a a statistical point of view, if you take more shots, you're going to make more shots.
1: Yeah, I mean, in basketball, it's totally true, but it is a zero-sum game. You know, LeBron takes a shot. Someone else can't take a shot. In life, it's not like that. You can take shots. Other people can take shots. There is no, there's no, there's an infinite sum game here. So it doesn't, there's no detractors to doing it. So it's like, take take as many shots as you possibly can. You know, ask as many people to be on your podcast or to invest in your company or for a job and like, it's like, you know, it's a numbers game. Like, if you're just throwing a bunch of crap out there, you're going to get a bunch of crap back. But if, like, you're targeted and strategic about it, then, like,
0: the outcomes can be incredible. I love that. And, and going back to the example of it's, it's not a zero sum game with regard to the shots that you take, I, I really love that point because sometimes we don't take those opportunities because we say, well, what are other people thinking? And then if I do get this, do I deserve it? Does somebody else deserve it more than me? And that's where you start to creep into the imposter syndrome type of scenario but what you're saying is it's if somebody else is not taking a shot that's that is not your issue you don't need to worry about taking other people's opportunities if you take the if you take the initiative to make a request and put yourself out there and then you get it there's no need to feel guilty about that but a lot of times it seems as though there's a little bit of survivors guilt that people feel when they make the request and then they get it they feel a little bit awkward about it and so when I coach people, sometimes that's a, that's an issue for them. They don't want to take that shot because even though they think they have a good opportunity to get the thing in question and they do think that they've earned it, they're afraid of what other people would think and if the jealousy would cause issues in their relationship.
1: I mean, how many shots has LeBron James missed at the end of games like all the time, right? But he's not going to like second guess himself and saying, oh, should I like not take this? Like, should I pass it? Should I like see what else is out there? Just No, you just. Have the confidence, sh-
0: shoot it up, see what happens exactly, and in your experience about how many approximately how many times have you made a pitch to uh, investors that have been rejected
1: <laughs> call me it's embarrassing <laughs> I mean we're like close to a thousand investor pitches i mean i have I've raised you know hundreds of thousands of dollars for my for my startup, but I get told no, I mean or just ghosted every single day, and like I don't let any of that I mean I definitely learn from them like if you Obviously, if you can get feedback and ingest that and change and iterate, but I don't let any of them like deter me from saying like I'm not onto something here. I know that I'm onto something here. And then when you get the yeses, they're even more sweeter. But the way I look at it is like each no just gets me a step closer to to hearing a yes. If you have to whatever the ratio is, I mean, it's probably like one percent. So I have to ask a hundred investors to get one yes. Okay, so then I got I got ninety nine in front, ninety nine
0: to go. Exactly. And I love the way that you've reconceptualized failure in your mind because people look at failure and say well that was it I'm done and they take it as a loss but you're saying this is part of the process and if I'm not getting these rejections it's probably an indication that I'm not trying as hard as I could or making as many requests as I could and so your mentality is oh I I have I'm reject I've been rejected in this situation that is an indication that I need to get more rejections because there is a yes hiding in there. I, I love the way that you you frame that in your mind.
1: Yeah, there's definitely a yes there. And you gotta learn from the no's. They like try to incorporate feedback and get feedback. People don't always want to give you feedback because it doesn't really help them, right? Like if they can just kind of say a soft no and keep the conversation warm, then once you like are an incredible company that they can come back and invest. But it's always great if you can get the feedback and you know I'm also i'm not like a robot i'm not like <laughs> just i'm not immune to the nose like they suck like i'm you know i'll lie in bed some times after like tough days and i'm like man I'm like Is this ever going to work but then you know you keep going you keep pushing and then you have these like these good days but it's hard i mean you know, none of this none of this shit's easy but it's like if you have this kind of mentality in your in your brain it's like it makes it a bit more palatable
0: Exactly. Oh man, I, I love it. This is this is great and I hope this is encouraging to those people out there who are on their entrepreneurial journey and they're trying to make moves and they're running into that perceived wall. Recognize that rejection is a part of the process and if you you do it the right way, it's not only a part of the process toward business success, it's also a part of the process in your growth as a great negotiator. So I really appreciate you coming on the show today talking about that. But before you go, I really need you to tell my audience about your podcast because I always want to make sure that I introduce them to high-level resources. So let the audience know about uh, the projects you're working on and uh, about the the podcast and how they can keep in touch with you.
1: Sure. Yeah, I've got a podcast called moving up. And uh, you can hear my, uh, I do like one or two minutes at the beginning of every episode on the journey of what's happening in my life and the startups. So if you like hearing about rejection, then, uh, <laughs> then then tune into the first minute or so. But basically, I, I just speak with business leaders, startup founders, investors, people that have had some pretty incredible success in their life. And we try to like key in on what set them apart, what differentiated them. And you know, we go through the ups and the downs of their careers and try to have, you know, these like 30 minute discussions of of how they've they found success and uh, i've had on some cool guests founders of facebook not mark zuckerberg but but one of his one of his co-founders and lots of big venture capitalists and financial technologists and private equity guys and so it's uh i don't know it's it's uh i find the conversations very very stimulating
0: i love it perfect and yes i strongly recommend you checking out that podcast everyone alex thank you again for coming on the show my friend we really appreciate it cool thanks Kwame. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. If you're liking what you're hearing, please leave a review and subscribe and tell your friends. Our goal is to help as many people as possible. And when you leave reviews, it makes it easier for people to find us in the searches. Thanks again for being a listener. I'll catch you in the next one.